0: Let's bow our heads, shall we? Father in heaven, this morning, we thank you that we can come together and that we can hear your word and we ask that as the word is spoken that you will take control of my lips, my thoughts and that they may speak what these young people need to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There's a story that's told, one of my favorite stories is... um, (coughs) Actually, I have two favorite stories. I'm trying to decide which one to tell you. There was a lady. She was uh, Brazilian, lived in Brazil. Now, um, what I wanted to find out from you is you guys live around here in Ohio. Are any of you or your parents members at Costco or Sam's? Yeah. How many checkouts do they have? A bunch? Which has more, Walmart or? I mean, what's the biggest place you've been to with the number of checkouts? Walmart has more, probably. This lady didn't have any money at all. And so she had prayed. She had what the equivalent was, was 20 cruzados, which is about 20 cents worth. That's all she had. Four children, no food. Pantry empty, fridge empty, no food. What do you do when you have no food and you have no money and you have no resources? What would you do? Don't all speak at once. Just raise your hand, stand up, take a number. What would you do? Pray. That's what she did. She prayed. Two and a half hours she prayed. She told the children, I'm going to pray. Don't bother me while I'm praying. She prayed. You know, there's... there's, two parts to prayer. One is speaking and the other is what? Hearing. Now this is critical to understand because if you pray and you want answers and the Lord says how would the Lord say to you and how will you know what he sounds like? I mean if I called you up on your phone and I didn't say my name and my caller ID was blocked, would you know who I am? Not, not chance. You wouldn't have any clue as to who I am. You might go on, you know, like normal. Hi, how are you doing? And uh, I'd say, hi, I'm fine. How are you doing? And duh, duh, duh. After a few minutes of polite conversation, you might say, finally, the question, who are you? Who is this? And I'll say, it's me. Uh, me who? No, 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 me ho. You wouldn't recognize my voice. She was very quick to discern God's voice. God's voice told her to go down to a store named El Dorado's and to buy three months worth of groceries. Now this was documented. This is not some story I made up. This is a true story that was reported to a missionary in Brazil. It was in the week of prayer pamphlet that came out of the general conference. She went to El Dorado's to buy three months worth of groceries. Now think about this. You got a big family. Imagine if you had to buy three months' worth of groceries. I mean, you go to, do they have Aldi's around here? Do you know what Aldi's is? Yeah, Aldi's, you you get, you know, their shopping carts are pretty good size. Some of these little, uh, like, dollar general stores, you know, you have this little eensy, little weensy shopping cart. Then you go to Walmart, and it gets a little bit bigger. Then you go to Sam's and Costco. It's like, you can put the whole family there. She went to El Dorado's she got three months' worth of groceries. Now you can imagine, the first month filled up one cart. Second month, another cart. She's pushing, kind of pushing two carts, pulling one cart, trying to get to the checkout. And God specifically told her to go to, what do you think God's favorite number is? Seven. God told her to go to checkout stand number seven. So she goes to check out stand number seven. And wouldn't you know, the moment she steps up to the lady says, sorry, I'm going to lunch, shuts her light off. And she says, you can go to number six, you can go to number eight, but I'm closed. Now what would you do? What would you do if God said, go to number seven, and all of a sudden number seven got closed? What would you do? She waited. Obedient, because that's what God said go to number seven. So she waited. Half an hour goes by. Ice cream is starting to drip. She waited. Waited. Wouldn't you know the lady came back and she was astonished? You're still here? Started putting stuff on the conveyor. Started checking it out. Started scanning it one by one. Started going through. This lady is thinking, okay, how many cents do I have? How much money is this gonna cost? Three months' worth of groceries. The last item rings across. Loop. The total rings up. The lady doesn't even stress out because her faith and trust is in the Lord. The cashier says, "This is how much it's going to be," and just as she finished that sentence, over the loud public address system of El Dorado's, a voice comes through the speaker: "Welcome to El Dorado's." Today is a special day. Today is our seventh anniversary. And the person at checkout stand number seven gets their groceries free. Isn't that an awesome story? Come on, wake up. Isn't that awesome? Smile, just just smile for me. I know that's asking too much. What if God spoke to you? What would he sound like? What would he sound like? I mean, would God be this big, vooing voice, or would he be this tiny little voice? What does he sound like? Have you heard God? Have any of you heard God? Wait, you're telling me you've never heard God before? So what's leading you day by day? We sing the song, Father, lead me day by day. So with each step you take, who's leading you if you're not hearing God? Let's back up for a moment. What does God sound like? What does he sound like? Does he speak with a voice, Oh, does he speak through an impression? What does he sound like? I don't know what it is. You guys aren't talking this morning. i got a problem. Maybe we need to go back outside. I need to sit down. We need to have a quiz again. What? Strong impression. You know. You sure you know? How do you know? You think so? So, what does he sound like in that impression? I've never heard an audible voice. Hmm. Okay. What does... Oh, those are, that's a psychological problem there, I think. Right? Do you have voices in your head? <laughs> Do you? Don't answer. What does God sound like? In First Kings chapter 19, you got your Bibles? First Kings 19, let's look at this story. Elijah runs. Who is he running from? Ah, the wicked Jezebel. He runs from Jezebel. Because Jezebel, all of a sudden, you see, Elijah had this incredible Mount Carmel showdown, and there, 850 priests were slaughtered. They were slaughtered. Elijah calls down the rain. The rain comes. Elijah runs so fast. Did you know that Elijah breaks two world records here? Not only is he the fastest runner in the world Who's the fastest guy? What's his name? Is it Ben Johnson? No, no. Usain Bolt. That's right. Under 10 seconds what is it? 9.62 seconds but you know when, when if Usain ran Elijah would have passed him. He said, Elijah. Elijah passed the chariot that was racing down the hill. Not only did he run, but not only did Elijah run the fastest; he ran the longest. We're not talking like an Ironman. We're talking more than a marathon. Did you hear about this guy in England? He just this year he he ran a marathon. Now, how long is a marathon? A full-fledged marathon. miles. He ran a full marathon, and then he decided, hey, you know what, I feel like I'm in good shape. He ran all the way home. How long was the ride home? Well, by the time he finished the 26.2 and he ran home, he did a total of 99 miles. 99 miles he ran. But Elijah ran further than that. According to my calculations, he ran more like 200 miles. He didn't stop to eat very much. No, he was fed and powered and fueled by angels' food. We find Elijah ran because he was threatened with his life from a wicked queen. And he got scared. We find Elijah went and he hid himself in this cave. And in verse 11 of chapter 19, Then he said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore through the mountains and the and broke the rocks to pieces before the Lord. Now when was the last time you saw a wind that was so strong that it broke rocks? I mean, think about this for a moment. Are we nearing the end of time? Absolutely. Look at the scales right now that we measure tornadoes with. They used to be F 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. But the F scale, the Fujita scale, was, is not high enough. So they came out with an EF scale, which is the enhanced Fujita scale. An F5 is over 200 miles an hour. And we're talking the tornadoes that hit down in the south that killed that great amount of people. The one that hit Joplin. 180 miles an hour plus. Can you imagine a 180 mile an hour wind? And this wind tore through the rocks. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. Some of you saw the pictures I took of the earthquake and more so the effects of the earthquake after coming back from Ishinomaki, Japan, after the tsunami. I presented that yesterday morning to see the effects of the tsunami that came in. Having been to Haiti after the earthquake, and everything that could be shaken, it was down. This building would be rubble. I stood behind the Seventh-day Adventist church there in Port-au-Prince, and the school building was in the section of a U, And this side of the building, three stories high, collapsed. So that the second story pancaked on top of the first story so that the bottom of the second story was this high off the ground. It pancaked the first story down to a mere 18 inches. And it shook. But we find that the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. I was in Melbourne, Australia, two years ago, preaching. And it was right after I had preached in Melbourne, I left, and the entire Wilson's Promontory that I was at just burnt totally to a crisp. Well, I came home for five weeks, and then I was heading back to Australia again. And I got to tour around and I saw the devastation. And you look upon the hills as they rolled, and hill upon hill upon hill is charred. Totally charred. Now, it had been a few weeks since it got charred, and you could see some of the trees, big trees, just charred down. But at the base of the tree, here pops a little green leaf. Interesting. There's hope. But we find that the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, is still small voice. And so it was, when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a mantle, and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. and suddenly the voice came to him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing, Elijah? You're a man of God. Why are you running? You see, God did not speak to Elijah in a mighty wind. He didn't speak to him in an earthquake or a fire. He spoke to Elijah in a still, small voice. God does not always speak to us as a loud, booming, thunderous voice. Sometimes, listen carefully, sometimes we miss the still, small voice of God because we're caught up in the things of this world. We're so caught up with the activities, the video games, the chatting, the texting, the talking, the schoolwork, ourselves, that we don't hear God. Does God speak? Yes, he speaks. But the problem is, he speaks to every one of us. The issue is we don't hear him because our ears are plugged up with our iPod earphones. So, how do we hear God? He says, Be still and know that I am God. How do you be still? Well, that comes in the morning. That comes in the morning. Do you spend time with God? Do you? Some of us spend time with God like we pay our tithe. We don't give him the first fruits. We don't take it right off the bat with the 10%. We pay all our bills first, and then we give God what's left. Kind of reminds me of this guy who basically, he takes his check every week, and he cashes his check. He cashes it in coins. Lays it out on, all on the kitchen table. And every week he looks up and he says, okay, Lord, this is your money. And he takes it, and while he's throwing it up in the air, he says, Lord, you take what you want. Whatever hits the table is mine. Is that how we treat God? God speaks to us. He speaks to you, 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 you. Every one of us he speaks to. But the problem is, We don't know his voice because we don't know how to associate exactly what his voice is. If I called you every day on the phone, you would eventually recognize my voice, right? Do you recognize his voice? Do you recognize your parents when they call you on the phone? Oh, yeah, even without the caller ID. Sometimes all it takes is your father to just go, Oh, hi, Dad. You know it's your dad just because of the, uh, you know, the breathing. You know it's God when you spend time with Him in His Word. I've repeated this to the adult tent. Psalm says, Thy Word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. You hide God's Word in His heart. What happens? John says, the Word became what? Became what? Flesh. The Word became real, and it, what? It dwelt among us, and we beheld its glory. So God's Word, this thing, became real, and it was touchable, it was hearable, it was audible. And when, when it became real, it spoke, and we could hear it. And when we heard it, we knew it. But the problem that we have today is God is not walking around in human flesh. But he said, I'll send you the comforter. And he will lead you and he will guide you to what? All truth. How can he guide you when you don't know what he sounds like? How? If you don't know who's guiding you, What's leading you? It's like for me to drive to California and just guessing the way without a GPS or any directions at all. You would eventually get there. Oh yeah, you could. If you knew how to navigate by the sun, you could eventually get there, but it would take you a whole lot longer. In this time frame in which we live, there's no time to play around. Last night we talked about Satan's deceptions. We know exactly what Satan's going to do. And the more we meander from the truth, the more Satan has an opportunity to target at us and shoot those fiery darts at us. What does he sound like? Stories told in New York. You ever been anybody ever been to Manhattan, to Times Square? Quiet place, isn't it? So serene, meditative, not. Times Square is the craziest place on earth. I used to go there for the photography shows to the Jacob Javits Center. 2.30 in the morning, you hear people yelling downstairs, down the streets. You hear prostitutes down there. You hear guys everywhere. And in the middle of the day, are you kidding? It's crazy. You got one one corner, some guy selling something. On another corner, somebody preaching. Buses, taxis honking, everything going by. And standing right there at Times Square was a Native American Indian and his New Yorker friend. The Native American Indian and the New Yorker, they there talking back and forth. And just as the light changed from red to green, the Native American Indian perks up his ears and he says to the New Yorker, I hear a cricket. And the New Yorker went to turn around and say, what? And at that time, the light changed and the Native American Indian was making a beeline across the street. He comes across the street and all of a sudden he comes to a planter. By that time, the New Yorker's finally catching up to him. And just as the Native American Indian sticks his hand inside the bush of that planter, oh, lo and behold, a cricket. Now the New Yorker was dumbfounded. He's like, wait a minute. How did you hear that from all the way over there? He's like, do you have like bionic hearing? No, 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 no. I, I have the same hearing as you have. But I didn't hear that. He says, well, it depends on what you're used to hearing. What? The New Yorker was incredulous. What do you you mean? It depends on what I'm used to hearing. He says, it depends on what your ears are tuned into listening for. The Native American Indian reached in his pocket and he pulled out a handful of coins right there in the middle of Times Square. He takes those coins and he tosses them up in the air and they hit the ground with a jingle and a clanking that to everybody's ears around said, money. All eyes in a 30 foot diameter stop. All eyes focus on the money. Amid the noise of the honking, the buses, the taxis, the street preachers, and the people selling, they hear the money. What are you tuned into listening for? Are you tuned into listening for the world's music? the rock music, the alternative music, the rap? Anything that has to do with this world? Or are you tuned into listening for the voice of God? Because I'll tell you one thing. If you're not listening to the voice of God, you're going to be in big trouble. Because when God says, run, and you don't follow that impression, that feeling, you're not going to know. There have been many times, and I cannot even tell you all those times, that I just, I just had this feeling. I've heard God very distinctly talk to me. He called me by name. But sometimes in those feelings, you learn to discern those feelings. I remember one time I was coming back from a group trip with my young people in North Carolina. We came up right across from our church, going across the main road. There's a very steep hill and you have to just wait there and as that light changes, then you can crest the top of that thing to be able to get onto the main road. And you have a very difficult time because as you crest, the road here kind of arches the opposite way. And I was waiting there and I was pulling a trailer, big church van, loaded with everybody, and a trailer with all our belongings in the back, coming back from a long adventure week. The light changed green. My foot gets on the gas, getting ready to push that gas down to be able to get us across, and a feeling says, hold on for a moment. What? I mean, you're just on the verge of pushing that gas down, and it's like, what? And all of a sudden, within two seconds of that momentary pause, this car coming from the left side goes right through the red light. Now, if I had not momentarily paused when that impression said, hold on, we would have been hit and young people would have died. There have been many times this has happened in my ministry, in my life and more times that I don't even recall. It's happened in your life, too. If you think about it, it's happened. But you see, that voice is a voice that guides you. You see, when you submit your life to Christ, hopefully you did this morning, in that renewal, when you submit your life to Christ, he says, okay, because you submitted your life, now allow me to work with you. Allow me to talk with you. Allow me to guide you. Well, what's going to guide you? It's that voice that guides you. It's that impression that guides you. But if you can't hear the voice, then what's leading you? That's critical to know. Happens to me a lot, especially when I go shopping. Do you like to shop? Are you a shopper? Who's a shopper here? Come on. Who likes to go shopping? Uh huh. Go through Target. Do you know where the good deals are at Target? Anybody know? There's a specific place you go for the good deals. Do you know where they are? On the end cap, against the wall. That's where the good deals are. That's where you find the red tags. So I got my little Target shopping cart. You know the red one. Pushing it around, going around, checking out the deals, going through the back wall, coming through. You're kidding. No way! Wow! Put that in my cart. Score! And all of a sudden a voice says to me, you don't need that. No, it's not the stomach. I didn't hear anything. Keep going on. And it comes again. You don't need that. Okay, I think I've identified. That's not my stomach. That's God speaking. But you see, God, you don't understand. That's a good deal. It's a good deal. But God's saying, you don't need that. Okay, so now what I'm doing, the voice is getting more prominent. I'm getting a little scared, and i got to seal the deal. So I take the cart now, and I rush to the checkout stand. And you put the thing on the checkout stand, and the voice says, you don't need that. And I say audibly now, but I want it. The lady, the cashier who's checking out somebody else, looks at me and says, no problem. We'll, We'll get you in just a moment. Okay, so now I'm thinking. Okay, she's probably thinking I'm I'm a nutty person because I'm talking to myself, and the voice says again, "You don't need that, but I want it." Ladies, like, "Calm down, we'll get to you." She's okay. She finishes this one person. She rings that thing across, and the Holy Spirit just pounces on me. Boom! You don't need that. She gives me the total, and I'm struggling inside just. Warring against myself. But I want it. It's a good deal. She brings up the total. I swallow hard. You don't need it. Now you see, you have a choice between need and want. God says you don't need it. But I say I want it. You know... Where do you draw the line between needs and wants and obeying and disobeying? Cashier looks at me and says, here's the total. I whip out my American Express card, getting ready to swipe it, and all of a sudden, stop. I look at her and I said, are you a Christian? She's like, no. I said, well, I can't do this. She's like, what? You just said you wanted this thing. I said, yes, but, but y- you don't understand. You see, I, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, and, and God said I can't have it. She's like, whatever. I walked out. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to fight with self, because that's what you're doing. You're fighting against yourself. How do you know if you should or you shouldn't? Take a look at the story of Ananias. What do you know about Ananias? The, the one with Paul, that is. What do you know about him? Paul's blind, he's got these scales on his eyes. God speaks to Ananias and says, Ananias, there's a man that I've chosen. He's on Straight Street. He's at such and such a house. I want you to go and restore his sight. Sure, Lord. would be glad to do that for you. By the way, his name is Saul. Uh, wh- wh- what? Like Saul of Tarsus? Yeah, that's the one. But, uh, <laughs> Lord, you don't understand. You see, th- this dude's coming here because he's, he's going to kill us. Hello? Ananias, he's an anointed one that I have chosen. Go, restore his sight. <laughs> but Lord, Lord, this is the guy. He, we, we're running from him, and you want me to go to him? Are you... Cr- no, no, can't say that. What would have happened if Ananias didn't go? he would be shunning the Holy Spirit. Desire of Ages, page 489, says, with every knock unheeded, the the disposition to hear becomes less and less. In other words, when God speaks to us and he knocks on our door and he, he wants to come in and we turn our back on him, the ability to hear him becomes less with each knock. Let's do the math. I know it's summertime, you're off school, but let, let that calculator flow in the head for a little bit here. Let's say I'm knocking today on your door. And you say, not interested, Lord. Tomorrow, that knocking is going to be at 50%. By Monday, what is it at? What's half of 50? 25. Are you with me? Miss College Girl. By Tuesday, what percentage is it at? 12.5. By Wednesday? By Wednesday? What's it at? Six, just round it off, 6%. By Thursday, what's it at? What's it at? Three. Did I say Wednesday? Or is that Thursday? Thursday. By Friday, what's it at? One percent. By the week, one full week, Sabbath, it's less than one percent. Notice for a moment. Do you remember when Joseph and Mary went out they had to go and, and get counted for a census. They came back, and they were heading back to their hometown. Jesus was with them, and all their friends were with them. So they thought Jesus was with them. They went on a full day's journey. Finally, they arrived there. Joseph says to Mary, hey, by the way, where is Jesus? I don't know. I thought you did, don't. I don't know where he is. So they go around to all their friends. Do you know where Jesus is? Do you know where Jesus is? No, 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 don't know. And they start tracing their steps back. How long did it take them until they found Jesus? It's three days. They finally found him in the temple. Three days. Notice, you lose Jesus for one day. You lose contact with him for one day. It takes you three days to find him. You don't hear the pressions of the Holy Spirit today. It takes you longer to establish that connection again. Answer this question by raising your hand. If you agree, raise your hand. Is it important to hear the voice of God? Good. I'm glad you all agree. Now let me ask you another question. If you don't study the Bible and you don't pray, how do you establish the hearing of that voice? (laughs) It's futile. It would be like holding that water bottle up to your head and trying to listen to a water bottle. You're not getting anything out of it. It doesn't come by osmosis. It comes by hearing the Word of God. I think the problem for some of us is this. We don't know what that voice sounds like. Take little Samuel. Little Samuel's lying down in bed. He's getting ready to go to bed. And all of a sudden, he hears this voice, Samuel. Little guy, I can just picture this little Samuel guy. He jumps up, and he runs over to Priest Eli. He says, Priest Eli, here I am. You called me. Huh? No, no I, I, I didn't call you, Samuel. No, go to, be- go to bed. Samuel goes back to bed. Little boy comes in, and he tucks himself in bed. You know, he's all cozy and everything, nice and warm. And all of a sudden, Samuel. Hmm, okay. Gets up, runs back over. Uh, Priest Eli, you called me. Here I am. What? No, 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 son, I never called you. You're hearing things. Go to bed. Samuel runs back to bed. Third time, Samuel. Wow. What's wrong with this guy, man? He runs back. He says, yes, priest, you called. What? No. You didn't call me? Huh. Eli says, okay. Samuel, my son, that's God talking to you. The next time he calls you, you need to say these words. And he was very specific. Eli says, say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So now Samuel's putting himself in bed. He's like all eyes popped out, ready. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel's so nervous. The line that he was supposed to say, he totally forgets the line. He doesn't say, speak, Lord. He just says, "Uh, uh, speak, your servant hears. It took four times and a little help for Samuel to be able to identify the voice of God. Moses stands in front of the burning bush, and the bush, I don't know about you, if I stood in front of a burning bush, and it's burning, and it's not being consumed, and that bush, out of the middle of that bush, a voice comes and calls me by my name, I would have soiled underwear right there. Wouldn't you? I mean, there's nobody around except sheep. But Moses realized it was God. Seriously. How do you hear God if you don't spend time with him? because the impressions he gives us are very, very quick. It's, it's almost a fleeting, momentary thought. Don't do this. Do this. You ever do one of those things? Sometimes you walk and all of a sudden you just turn another way because something said, go that way. That's how quickly God speaks. But how we respond is how we acknowledge the voice of God. Sometimes we don't acknowledge it fast enough. Sometimes we wait. Sometimes we do acknowledge. In Acts chapter 8, verse 26. The story is told here of Philip. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go now to the south along the road which goes to Jerusalem from Gaza. And so he arose and went. Notice the voice just said to him, go to this road and start walking down this road. The voice does not tell him what it is that he's supposed to do. It just gives him the direction, not the location, nor the person, nor the contact or anything like that. So he arose and he went, and behold a man, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch, of great authority, under, the, under Candace, the queen of Ethiopians, who had been in charge of her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning. He's sitting in the chariot, and he was reading Isaiah, the prophet. And the spirit, for the second time now, says to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. Notice there is no no further thought from Philip. He just goes and he does. He ran to him and heard him reading. And he says to him, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch says, how can I unless someone explains it to me? And Philip came up and sat with him and explained to him all these things. And we find that Philip says to him, talking about baptism, and the eunuch says, what stops me from being baptized? And Philip says, nothing. If you believe with all your heart, the eunuch says, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Anybody have the new, King Jan- or new international version of the Bible with them here? Nobody? You do. Acts 8.37 is not going to be in your Bible. Right? 36 is, 38 is, but not 37. You see, that that, the very issue of that is, it has to do with the origins of that Bible. Not all Bibles are the same. What do they not want you to know in the origins of that Bible? because it has Catholic roots to it. What they don't want you to know is what I'm going to read to you, which is that verse. 837 says, And Philip said, I believe with all my heart, with all your heart. If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They don't want you to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Satan doesn't want you to believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God because he wants you to think otherwise. In the world in which we live, you have to choose. Are you listening to God? Or you're not listening to God? In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way, walk ye in it. It's a very specific voice. It's going to direct you, but if you cannot hear the voice nor understand the voice, guess what? You got nothing leading you. You're driving without speedometer, odometer, gas gauge, GPS, (laughs) and a black windshield. Good luck. From Desire of Ages, page 363. All who are under the training of God is to be revealed a life that is not in harmony with the world, its customs and its practices. And everyone needs to have a personal experience in obtaining a knowledge of the will of God. We must, not we might, we should, we must individually hear him speaking to the heart. You notice that's where he stands. Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Christ wants access to our heart because through the heart is where the decisions are made. I talked to you last night about the Magic Kingdom. And over and over in the movies, it is divulged through the movie an underlying tone. And that tone is... Follow your heart. We must individually hear Him speaking to the heart when every other voice is hushed. And in quietness we wait before Him. The silence of the soul makes more distinct the voice of God. He bids us be still and know that I am God. Here alone can true rest be found. And this is the effectual preparation for all who labor for God. Amid the hurrying throng, amid the strains of life's intense activities, the soul that is thus refreshed will be surrounded with an atmosphere of light and peace. The life will breathe out fragrance and will reveal a divine power that will reach men's hearts. If you cannot, young people, hear God speaking to your heart. You are on very dangerous ground. You have to hear God's voice. I could ask you this question, but I already know the answer. How many of you want to go to heaven? Every hand will go up. But let me be honest with you. How do you expect to get to heaven if you never study you never pray, and you never learn to discern that voice of God. You know what it's called? Wishful thinking. It'll never happen. You cannot just click your heels, one, two, three, and be in heaven. It doesn't happen that way. It's a work in progress. You learn to spend time with Jesus Christ in the morning, and by doing so in the morning, His words will resonate through the day into your heart, and by doing so, you will more readily hear his voice through his language, and that is what will guide you. Don't think you're going to go to heaven just because you go to church on Sabbath. I got bad news for you. It ain't going to happen that way. You have to surrender your life to him. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. That's what it's all about. It's about God giving his life to you. But the greater response to that It is about you surrendering your life to God. You have to. If you don't, let me be straight up honest with you. If you don't want to have a daily relationship with Jesus Christ, you don't want to know about His atoning grace and what He has done for you, then, my friends, don't come to church. Don't play games. Go out and live a real life that you want to live in the world. But don't be a two-faced hypocrite by coming to church and trying to walk with the world. It cannot be that way. You cannot serve two masters. You will love one and hate the other. Either you're going to go all out for Jesus, 100%, you notice 99.99999 is not three digits, Either you're going all out triple digits 100% for Jesus or you're not. It's like pregnancy. Either you are or you aren't. Either you are living for Jesus or you're not living for Jesus. So stop playing games. You are all old enough to make that decision. I would dare say probably all of you are baptized So when you were baptized, you made a decision that you would follow Jesus Christ. Have you reneged on that position? Have you moved away from that position? I encourage you, I implore you, go back to that decision and choose Jesus every day. And stop playing games with the world. Because when you play games with the world, guess what? The playground set on which you're playing is Satan's playground, and he's playing for life and death. You play on his playground. You take your chances. Choose Jesus. Choose life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, this morning, as we come to you, we need to hear your words. We need to hear you speaking to our heart. We need... We need Father in Heaven for you to impact our life in such a way that all the things that we love about this world we will hate, that we will not see the world through the eyes and the sunglasses that Satan wants us to be able to see, the glitz and the glamour. But if we would only look through the eyes of Christ to be able to see a world that is devoid of Jesus a world that is spiraling out of control. Lord, you've called us to come out of Babylon. You've called us to come out of this world. And Father, honestly, that's what we need. We need to come out of this world and the cares and the influence of this world. Please save us in your kingdom. Please save us touch our lives and give us a hungering for truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www. Dot audioverse.org.